You know, uh, I'm going to talk about faith tonight. How many know if you want to have a robust faith life, you've got to have a tender heart towards God? And, if, you know, you can be a rough and gruff person, so to speak, because you're so forward. I have a fairly forward personality. Susan used to tell me uh, first few years of our marriage, said, Mitch, you make a good drill sergeant. And, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you really liked her saying that. And I said, God, would you please help me? Because you, and, and you know what? A prophet came up. I was in a service. Oh, this is before I came here in 1990. I think the year was 1992, actually, and I was in the service, and this guy had a prophetic ministry. Uh, I don't even know if I can tell you what he said, because um, <laughs> it'll make me weep. He said, uh, Mitch, you, he didn't know my name. He didn't even call my name. He said, you, sir, and I'd never seen him a day in my life. He said, you know, God just wanted me to tell you. I can't, I'll cry if I tell you. He said, uh, you got a heart like David's got, because I, I just sing. I just get before God. I just sing. I don't care if you can carry a tune in the bucket, just sing and worship the Lord by yourself. And if you'll keep yourself humble before God. And then he said this, he said, he said, people misunderstand you. They think you're rough and gruff, but inside, inside you have a tender heart. And you know, that's the first person in my life ever said that to me. And uh, I just tell you, if you keep a tender heart towards God, I don't care what your disposition or personality is. See, God leads you from the inside out. And God sees you from the inside out. Other people see different things, but all, God always sees what's real in you. Is that good? So I'm going to talk about faith tonight. I've got four things about your faith. I won't get finished. I'll hopefully get through the first two points. I've got four points to this. I want to talk about faith because regardless of what we face in life and regardless of what's coming in the future, and it feels like it really does. And uh, I say this with a certain amount of confidence. I could be wrong and time will tell, but it seems like we are the generation that's going to see the second coming of Christ. And it seems like we are the generation that, that very well may see the rapture of the church. Are you excited about that? That means we've got to go through some things prior to that. So whatever your belief system is about that, it's fine. You know, we'll, we'll find out. And let me just tell you what I'm doing with this era of time. I'm putting everything I believe, teach, preach, seen in Scripture I got it, but I say, God, mess up everything I've taught if you need to. Because if I got it wrong, I will know real soon. And, uh, but I want Jesus to come back. Do you? And I want to be ready for him to come back. Do you want to be ready? So untangle yourself from life. Untangle yourself from things you've got to have, ways you've got to be, uh, things you've got to have. You don't need anything but spiritual things. Everything else is transitory. How many hear what I'm saying? Only thing you take to heaven is your relationships. Nothing else. Nothing else. So, uh, so faith. Faith is in the equation of life today and as we go into whatever's going to be happening because in real time things are changing. And, um, uh, but, but your faith will see you through. Now I can say that with 45 years of experience behind me in walking with God and I can tell you uh, with absolute certainty, God has never failed me, not one single time. If he promised to do something for you, if you will do your part, he will always do his. The key is you doing your part. If we don't do our part, we give him nothing to work with. How many hear me? So the first part is give him your heart. That's number one, right? So you know, as crass as you may be, as aggravating as you may be, as cantankerous as you sometimes may be, as, as much as you may mess up sometimes, if you'll go before God and humble yourself and say, God, I just need you. I want you more than life itself. You are life. And if you'll ask him to help you in the areas of weakness, in the areas where you just feel like you don't measure up, he'll just make a way for you because he's that good. How many hear me? Anyway, um, faith. Let me talk about faith a little bit. Um, as we navigate into, you know, crazy times, perhaps, um, it's faith that's going to see us through. I want to show you how, to, how faith works again. Now, let me say this about some of these things I teach. I've taught this, I don't know how many times since I've been, this is my 27th year of being at Victory Church. I mean, this month, 27 years. And so I'll be into my 28th year uh, in, in 2022. So uh, I've taught on faith. I don't know how many times. Every now and then, a pastor just has to, you know, a pastor's kind of like a, a short order cook. You know, just certain things you got to cook all the time. You know, just because you, you know, how many eat an, eat more, uh, an egg every now and then? You know, a couple of eggs, just because you had them one time don't mean you quit eating eggs, does it? 
Or you have some bacon and sausage in the morning or maybe a piece of toast and uh, whatever. Or maybe you like to eat, uh, you know, some healthy things. And, you know, maybe you like fish. You just eat it one time. You like a piece of steak. Just eat it one time. No, every once in a while you have it. So pastors that way, just because I taught something doesn't mean I never teach it again. In fact, listen to, listen to this. The, the things that have meant, meant the most in my life, I had to go over it over and 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 over. Just because you read a book doesn't mean you mastered the contents of it. Just because you've memorized the scripture doesn't mean it's inside of you. And just because you've heard something once doesn't mean you've got it. You've got to hear it over and over and over and over. Those words for wisdom, I was looking up the word hakma is the word for wisdom in the Hebrew. In the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs starts out with wisdom. And that, and that Hebrew word just means to hear it over and over and over and over. One guy says to pound in. You just keep hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, hearing it. And wisdom gives you an ability to put into practice what you hear. And uh, God will give wisdom if you'll give ear to his word. Let me say this because we're living in a crazy day. I feel led, and I'm going to get to my notes. I'll hopefully get through two to uh, two of the points, but uh, I need to say this. Don't put anything above the word of God in your life. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of different kinds of things come and go, emphasis of different kinds since I've known the Lord since 1976. Emphasis come and go. But see, God's word never fails. And um, Kenneth Hagin really helped me, and I think I mentioned this a few weeks. I think it was on a podcast. 1954, um, uh, there was a healing revival in America uh, in the 1940s and 50s. Oral Roberts got his start there. Kenneth Hagin, many others who have gone on to be with the Lord since then, got their beginning there. But there was a big rage of of, uh, healing ministry during the 40s, right after World War II, uh, in the 1950s, after the Korean War. And uh, just before the charismatic movement, and uh, so they interviewed Kenneth Hagin, and uh, and and it's in one of my. I've got a book entitled "All Things Are Possible," and uh, it talks about all these uh, these uh, evangelists, these healing evangelists in the 40s and 50s, and it's written by a, um, a professor at ORU. I think it was written in the 1970s. A really great book. Uh, but anyway, I was reading through the book, and it came upon an excerpt, and it talked about talked about the different healing evangelists and such. Came upon Kenneth Hagin's life, and it talked about him how he got his start. I went to a school in 1980. Susan, I spent eight years in Tulsa, but um, so he was interviewing Kenneth Hagin, and 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 he he had a direct quote from Kenneth Hagin, where um, a, a news broadcaster had interviewed him, and he said, "Long after all of these guys, he 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 spoke in a real homespun." Uh, Texan accent, real country. Long after those, all these guys are gone, I'll still be here, is what he said. And I heard him say it as a student at Raymond. He said it, I heard him say it, and I can still hear his voice when he said it. And he said, these guys here that are ministering healing, they're basing their ministry on spiritual gifts. And sooner or later, that will stop. But, but he said, the word of God never fails. Base your ministry, base your life on the word, and you'll, you'll never fail. So he said, long after all of these guys are gone, I'll still be there. And y'all, he was. It was a big testament to me. So, you know, we sometimes have emphasis of praise and worship. Sometimes there's an emphasis of revival. Sometimes there's an emphasis of deliverance and whatever. I've seen all kinds of emphasis of prayer. All those things are good. And uh, I think the emphasis has to do with our, with our need and our lack or whatever. But understand that uh, regardless of the emphasis, God never changes. Right? My encouragement, and, and this has stood me good all these years, never put anything above the word of God in your life. Praise and worship is not more important than the word of God. The moving of the Holy Spirit is not more important than the word of God. Did you hear what I just said? If you get this stuff messed up, let me tell you what happens. If you're wanting the presence of God so bad that you've got to have that feeling, a demon spirit may come and mimic the feeling and give it to you. Did you hear what I just said? Because the devil is a master of thought and he's a master of sensation and feeling. So I have tuned myself. I don't care what I feel like. Every day, God never changes. And his word never changes. And, and what that's developed in me over the years, I wasn't always this way, 
but it's developed in me an ability to get up and do the same thing day in and day out. And, uh, and so it's enabled my wife to trust me, my children to trust me, hopefully my staff team to trust me, and hopefully those that have been here a few years to trust me. God will put stability in you if you'll put his word first. If you put anything other than the word first in your life, you're going to mess up and mess up badly. And my, my track record with God is I love feelings just like you, and I love the presence. And I have the Holy Ghost come on me sometimes. It's like, Lord Jesus, bring, it, bring some more. And other times it's like, cut it off. I can't stand it because it's so strong. But you know what? Um, at the end of the day, sometimes God will withhold the feelings. And sometimes you won't feel a thing and won't even hear from him for a while. Uh, and I've noticed in my life when that happens, it's because I've, I've put too much credence in feelings. I've put too much credence in emotion. I've wanted to hear the Holy Spirit too, too much more than the Word. And he'll just cut it off, say stop, and, and, and let the Word speak again. See, God wants us to be people of the Word. How many hear, hear me? If you're a person of the Word, you're in good stead. And that's where faith comes in. So, so a person of faith is a person of, of the Word. Faith is not a blind leap in the dark. Faith is an educated step on the word of God. If you're uh, in faith about something, if I ask you this question, you should be able to answer it. If you're standing in faith in God for a healing or a financial miracle or, or some change in life or some whatever that has to do with you, ask yourself this question, what scripture am I standing on? Am I believing that God is uh, honoring in my life? If you say, well, nothing in particular, that's what you're going to get. Nothing in particular. Is that clear enough? Anyway, Hebrews 11.6 message paraphrase this in my notes. My notes are on the website, Victory Church Raleigh. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. I love that. Do you think God cares enough to respond to you? Now, having said that, listen to this. Now, this seems, this seems like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but, but both of them need to go together, and you need to hear what I'm about to say. And, and when you first hear it, it might make you mad. God does not respond to need. God responds to faith. If you have a need, that doesn't mean God's going to do anything about it. There's 8 billion people almost on earth. And the people that God responds to is those that choose to believe in him. Those that choose to trust his word. So, so having said that, well, listen to this. Self-pity will keep you away from God. And if you're whining and crying and begging in that sense... And it's self-pity. God, won't you pay attention to me? Don't you know how hard it's been? Don't you know how bad things have been? Don't you know how bad I felt? You know, I just didn't get a whole deck of cards when I was born. You know what it's like with me? You need to shut that up. Because let me tell you what it'll do. It'll grieve the Spirit of God. You know, as a pastor, I've been ministry since 1981. My first job was counseling. And I would have people come in my office uh, and it was a lot, the church in Tulsa I mentioned a lot, um, and I just saw a lot of people. I did all the personal ministry for the pastor. And I'd have people come in my office, and some of them, I mean, they were sulking. You know, they were just uh, full of self-pity. Woe is me. And, you know, a swan song. I sat there and listened to them a little while, but every time that happened, I noticed on the inside of me was a grieving sense. And I couldn't help the, that kind of person until I help them deal with self-pity in their life. Self-pity, the focus is not God, the focus is you. And the focus is what other people haven't done they should have done or what you don't have that you should have and that God ought to see that you have. See, the whole focus is wrong. You gotta focus on God, not you. So the focus of faith is not need. The focus of faith is on who God is and what he has and what he's promised to do. So when I'm walking by faith, I got to be willing to get my eyes off of me and my circumstance and how I feel and oh, woe is me and get my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of, of my faith. Yes or no? Did y'all get something out of that? That was all free. 
1 John 5, 4, contemporary English version, every child of God will defeat the world and our faith is what gives us the victory. I really like that translation, faith. Everybody say faith is what gives us the victory. And then New Living Translation, every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. So that's very concrete. How do you overcome the challenges of life? By faith. I want to talk about how that works really simply and, and uh, uh, concisely. Uh, Weymouth New Testament, every child of God overcomes the world, the victorious principle. I like that translation. Which has overcome the world is our faith. And then Ephesians 6.16, the living Bible, in every battle you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. First century, the enemy would put a burning substance on the end of an arrow tip, shoot it through the air, and they'd just put, you know, put their shield up and the, the arrows wouldn't hit and they would miss their mark, and that's what he's saying uh, to us. First Timothy six twelve, fight the good fight of faith. Actually, the Greek word agonizomai, it means agonize. Or you could read agonize the good agony. We get a word agony from it. The very idea of fight is the very idea of conflict, challenge, difficulty, pressure, hardship, whatever adjective you want to use. Fight the good fight. See, it's a good fight. And the good fight is the one you get on top of and you whip, you win, you overcome, right? So fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you also called and have confessed, I really like this, have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Faith has a lot to do with your words. If you're saying nothing, you're believing nothing. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by what we believe not what we can see. Message paraphrase. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keeps us going. I like that. New living. For we live by believing, not by seeing. And then I've got several scriptures in the notes where Jesus emphasized ministering faith, uh, emphasized faith in ministering to people one-on-one. And, and I read these every now and then just for my own life to just encourage me that I need to stand in faith, period. Uh, Matthew eight thirteen. as you have believed, he said to the centurion, the, the uh, uh, le- army leader with a sick soldier, as you have believed, so be it done for you. Matthew nine twenty nine. according to your faith, the blind guys, let it be to you. Uh, the woman w- that had been sick for 12 years, daughter, your faith has made you well. Mark five thirty four. Mark nine twenty three. the parents with a sick child. If you can believe, all things are possible. To him who believes. Often I've had circumstances seem like I just can't, I'm just not going to make it this time. God's going to fail this time. See, I've looked at that verse and said, you know, if I can believe, all things are possible. And I've, I've said out loud, you know, God, it's possible for me and you to overcome this thing. It's possible that this is going to change even though it looks impossible. And you know what I've seen over and over again? Y'all, I have, I have believed God for, th- I mean, thousands and thousands of things over life, over a period of 45 years, y'all. Incredible. And, and, and often the st- deck stacked against you, and it looks like you can never make it, but somehow God makes a way. How many hear me? See, when you first start out, you got to faith it just with what God saw, said. But as the years go by and you keep living by faith, you got a track record. And you can go to God and say, Lord, your word says. And you know, remember when I was in that and that happened and I needed you and I believed you and I, I said that scripture to you and you brought me out. You're going to do that again. So, so you know what? The, long, the older you get, the stronger your faith gets. And the more patience and perseverance you have. And you, this hang in there power. You got some hang in there power that just won't quit. A lot of people, their faith doesn't work because they quit too soon. Smith Wigglesworth, I've said this so many times, there's something about believing God that will cause God to pass over a million people just to get to you. Now, you know what I do when I hear that? I heard that. I've, I've had that quote in my notes. I, 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 it was in Ever Increasing Faith, that book, and I wrote it in my, I have personal notes that I keep. Uh, when I read, I take notes. When you read, take notes so you remember. I just spent a period of time today reading my reading notes from books I've read because I just need to hear them. But this one's been in my reading notes since the mid-1980s. And when I see that, you know, I think of a million people. You know, you've seen a scene maybe of, of a million people you know, maybe protesting something recently in some streets in another country. Have y'all seen some of those scenes? Or, or you just think of a big crowd of people. Then, then you think about the camera zooming in, one person right there. See, God, uh, something about faith that God calls God to pass over a million people to get to you. Now, now that does, does that do something to you? 
That encourages me. J. Oswald Sanders uh, said this, faith enables, and I love this, faith enables the believing soul. Now listen, to treat the future as present. Wow. And the invisible as seen. Now I like that because that defines faith very well. If you're believing God, you're not hoping one day things might change. You're expecting it. And this is real to you as the hand on the end of your arm. In fact, sometimes it's more real than that. You just know that you know that you know you got it. See, again, faith enables the believing soul to treat the future. As press that mean? That means there's something that you need, you've asked God for, you've prayed about it, it's not in your possession. If it's healing, the pain is still there. Uh, you know, I always have a faith project with my physical body. Uh, my body's going to be happy when I die. And if my body could talk, he said, you, he would tell me, you're an aggravating rascal. You think you're 20 years old, but you're 63. And I just keep telling my body, just keep going with me, buddy, because I'm not going to stop what I'm doing, and I'm going to keep it up. Now, when I do what I did when I was 20, I have some different pains that show up. And if you're as old as I am, you know what I mean. So if you're in your 20s or 30s, you'll get there one day. And then if you're in your 40s and 50s, you'll get there one day. But I'm the kind of person I'm not going to quit. So I always have a faith uh, project. I've got some faith projects going on right now. Nobody knows about them because it doesn't matter. See, to me, I've trained myself that that doesn't matter because I'm looking at the future as present. I've prayed and asked God to do something. I believe it's mine now. Uh, it still hurts. I don't feel it yet, feel the healing yet, but it's mine because faith enables me to treat the future as present. And the invisible is seen. So I can't feel it yet. It doesn't matter if I feel it. It's mine. And if I can't see it as mine before I get it, I may never have it. So let's get into that. Y'all all right? So people talk about faith in the abstract. Well, I've got lots of faith. Well, what do you? What scriptures are you standing on? And you know, I, I just don't like, you know, can I just be, I don't like religious talk. I don't like it at all because it's full of hot air and fluff and nothingness. I want something that works every day in my life and religious talk doesn't do it. So if I'm talking about faith, I'm talking about something not abstract, talk about something concrete. You get it? I don't know how far I'm getting tonight because the clock is not on my side right now. Four things to remember about your faith. I might get through number one. Faith is a hard issue. Everybody say it. Faith is a hard issue. See, faith doesn't come from your head. It comes from your heart. Uh, let me say, you can have doubt in your head. You can have doubt thoughts assail your mind and faith in your heart. And, and see, that's when I first heard that, I was um, uh, in my late teens, actually, and, uh, and, and, but I couldn't understand that. So, wait a minute, you, got, you, got, you, you have doubt thoughts in your head, but you got faith in your heart? That doesn't make any sense. I understand it now because of all the things I've had to trust God for. And you know, my Lord, it's like it never stops. In fact, you know, you start believing God for small things and as you age, it just comes natural and it, it becomes as easy. You know, it used to be tough for me to believe for $5 or $10 or 50. Now I've got to believe for, you know, <laughs> a few dollars more than that every month to make ends meet here. You know what I'm saying? And then we got to believe God for this building. And believe God for all that to work out. It's as easy for me to believe for that now as it, as, as it was for me to believe for, for $5 when I was young. Does that make it? It just works. It just grows. Faith, faith grows. And it's a heart thing, y'all. Um, you know, if you've been with, I've been, I've been with Susan 42 years. And I love my wife. And, uh, you know, she knows me. And, and I know her. I can tell you how she's going to respond to most everything. If you ask me what she thinks about something, I can pretty much tell, and she, me as well. Uh, and, and you know, you get that way with God. You just know him. And when you know God, you know that God will take you on faith adventures. And God will have you th do things that to you seem impossible. 
And to your family, they will think you're squirrely and crazy and stupid. But when you walk with God, you defy the odds. Did you hear what I just said? Never take man's word as the last word. God's word always is the last word. Huh? Is that true? Anyway, faith is of the heart. And uh, Mark 11, I want to read this. Now, the back story of this was uh, the disciples, uh, they were hungry. It was a fig tree. It went by a fig tree. And they were coming from an adjacent city into Jerusalem and then Jerusalem back to another city. And they went by a fig tree and it was supposed to have uh, figs and it didn't have any. So Jesus got aggravated with the tree and he was going to teach his disciples a lesson. So he spoke to an inanimate object, a tree, and said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And it says the disciples heard him. And they, walked, they went on back into the city uh, they were going to and, um, and slept that night, got up the next morning, come back out of the city. And uh, they, were, they passed by the tree, and uh, one of the disciples said, Look, Lord, the, the, the tree you talked to in a crazy way last night, the, the leaves are withering up. And Jesus used that as a faith, a faith lesson for them, and he said this, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Literally, the Greek reads this way, Have the faith of God. Or, uh, have the, the, the inference is have the same kind of faith that God has or act the same way that I do, Jesus was saying. Have faith in God. Do what I do. Act the way I act. This is how God acts. Now, now you need to take this to task and look at it. And I have spent decades now reading the scripture. And, and this is one of the scriptures I meditate on a lot. That is, I let it go over and over in my mind. If I wake up at night, many times I'll just start with Mark eleven twenty two. And, and, I, and I'll say it to myself uh, if I'm awakened in the middle of the night. So Jesus answered, answered and said to him, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever, whosoever says to this mountain. Now, this mountain is any problem you may have or circumstance that, that is foreboding for you. And that whosoever, that includes you. Whosoever shall say, everybody say. Say, say. <laughs> Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. He, he was looking at the Mount of Olives. When Jesus comes back, it's going to flatten out. So actually, when he spoke to it, it's really going to happen one day. Because he never wastes words. Be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says. Those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he believes. That's not what he said. He will have whatever he thinks. That's not what he said. He'll have whatever he feels. That's not what he said. He will have whatever he? What am I saying? What are you saying? Uh, can I slow down? All day long, you know, you have a thousand thoughts all the time. Is that true? Paul said, pray without ceasing. Here's a great key to life. I don't care what I'm doing, I make it a faith proposition. What do you mean? This sounds going to sound crazy to you. Did you know when I get in my truck and I back it into my garage and then I get in the morning and I put my seatbelt on and I turn my truck on, push the button and my mirrors come out and I get out of my garage, you know what I say, Lord? I believe that I'm going to work and be completely safe all the way there because we got cuckoo people on the road. Now, you say, well, I don't have to do that because I'm going to know I'm going to be all right. Oh, really? Oh, you really know? No, I don't know that. I ask him. Now, what am I doing when I do that? I'm exercising my faith. When I leave work every single day and I have to get on full 40, and how many lanes are there? One, two, three, four. Are there five lanes now? Four or five? Uh, and I've got to get in the far left lane to go to Nightdale where I live. Well, sometimes it's nuts crazy to get over there. And you got some people doing 95, others doing 45. And you're trying to navigate. So see, I exercise faith. I'm, get, I'm, I'm not kidding. This is how I live my life. I say, Lord, help me to get onto the 440 belt line safely with no problems whatsoever in Jesus' name. Did you know every, I don't care where I am. I went to a restaurant downtown Raleigh 
a few days ago, and I needed a place to park. And I said, Lord, I need a good place to park there. And uh, so I asked for your provision for a parking place. Now, you might think that's penny any, but you won't have faith for something big unless you've got faith for something little. Did you hear what I'm saying? If I hear a noise in my engine in my car or in my lawnmower, or right now I'm having problems with my pressure washer, I'm believing God to show me what it is and to give me wisdom either to fix it myself or find somebody that can. See, I promise this, what am I saying? I'm praying about every single thing. So if you're living life and just praying about one or two things, you're not living by faith. You're living by your own wits, your own strength. And you're just hoping things are going to be okay. No, you live this way, you live on purpose. I'm expecting God to do things. When I get up to preach, I'm expecting God to minister to you. Right? So whatever I'm doing, I'm expecting God to do something. I get up in the morning, I'm expecting my day to go well. I'm expecting God to direct my path because I ask him to. It's coming out of my mouth. Whoever says to the mountain. So what are you saying? You know, you're teaching the class at school. Are you praying about your classes? Probably so, hopefully. You know what I'm saying? You're working your job. Are you asking God for wisdom? Right? Right? I do it for everything. You know, I had 16 people at my house last Friday night. That's eight adults and eight children (laughs) because we had a birthday party for my son. Did you know I prayed about cooking for all of them? I said, Lord, help me to cook this just right. Help us to have a good time. Help the children to be safe and not get harmed because sometimes they're crazy. I mean, they're nonstop. I have never found the, the, the stop button on grandkids. They don't have one. An 18-month-old has no stop button. I hadn't found it yet. So, you know, let me pray about everything. I know I'm belaboring the point, but you get what I'm saying? We wonder why our faith is so weak and feeble. It's because we don't exercise it a lot. If you keep it robust, it'll keep moving. I got some pretty good leg muscles riding my bike because I've been doing it a lot. You know, and any muscle in your body you don't use atrophies. Did you know your faith will... Okay, your faith will, <laughs> Lord work that out. Did you know your faith will atrophy? Did you know your faith will atrophy if you don't use it? Right? So I'm just saying trust God in everything. Every negative thing you hear, counteract it. See, they're saying the grocery store shelves are gonna be bare. Lord, I'll never be without food. My family will never be without food. You know, if thought comes to your mind, you know, you don't have any friends. You know what? Lord, I thank you. I have all kinds of people that love me and I love them. See, every thought that comes to your mind that's negative, you counteract it with your faith by saying something because whosoever shall say to the mountain. You get it? You get it? If you're not doing that, it ain't, it ain't it's not working for you. You get it? I mean, you're working. Ask God for wisdom on your job. You ought to be excelling in your job. Any job I've ever had, I've excelled. I've never been the last on the rung. I've always, always excelled to the top because I expect to. You see, a man, you see a man that's diligent in his business, he'll stand before kings. He'll not stand before obscure men. That's been my confession since I was 18. I'm expecting God to bless everything these big old Pauls sit on. I'm expecting God to bless me. You let me lay my hands on you, God will bless you. I expect him to bless me, right? What are you expecting? How many have all kinds of crazy thoughts come in your head all the time? Does that happen all day? My encouragement here is make them a faith proposition. Let the words come out of your mouth. I'm going to do that. This is going to be okay. That's not going to happen. Let me, I just had a conversation with Susan. We are talking about something. And you know what I've been saying? I will never have COVID-19. I've already had it. It was hell on wheels. I'll be real. It was tough. But I'm not going to have it again. You say, you are. You are, you are full of hot air. You can say what you want. Say it. Keep saying it. I say I believe God. If I don't say it, is it because I don't believe it? 
No, if I believe it, I must say it. Yes or no? I will never have, I will die. I won't die until I'm satisfied with life. I won't die as a young man. I'll die seasoned and healthy and well. In fact, when I die, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna lay myself back in the bed and say, y'all, it's time to go to heaven. Let's pray. Goodbye. I will not die of sickness or disease. You say, boy, you're just being real bad, raggedocious. You can say what you want to about me. God knows my heart. If you're not willing to say it, you must not believe it. And if you don't believe it, it's because the word's not inside. Yes or no? I'm trying to get as practical as I know how to get. Is this practical enough? I mean, seriously, y'all. If I wear the sole of my shoe out, God, I'm needing another pair of shoes to replace this one. Maybe you'll give me two for these. Two, two pairs, four shoes for two. If my, shoe, if my britches start getting worn out, Lord, I need some more britches. Pants. Trousers. Pray about every single thing in your life. How many hear me? Are you doing that or not? See, that's exercising faith. Now, where did I get that from? Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them. And you'll have them. Then one qualifier, verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may forgive your trespasses. So he's talking about a heart connection with God. You get it? So see, faith works best in an environment of love. And Galatians 5, 6 says faith works by love. See, see, faith works from the heart and faith works out of a fellowship, a, a, a right now fellowship with God. Not yesterday, not last week, not last year, not because I confessed Jesus three years ago. No, it's because I know him today. Faith is a heart connection with God and anything that causes my heart to be crusty, hard, challenged, I have to be willing to deal with that. That means if there are any open-ended relationships in your life, somebody that you're miffed with, upset with, angry at, you know, somebody's treated you wrongly, you've got to deal with those things inside first. Now, now there may be some people you're upset with and they don't know you're upset. I've had, I don't know how many people in my life come to me and say, Pastor, will you forgive me? I say, what for? What for? Well, they had something against me. I didn't know it. They shouldn't, shouldn't have opened their mouth. And I wouldn't have known. But they say, would, would you forgive me? I said, I already do. You don't need to go to somebody if it's just you. And they don't know you have something against them. You need to go to God. Because it causes a crusty heart. Does that make sense? Only go to another person if you've had words or attitudes or a furrowed brow. You know what I mean by that? Only, only. If they know that there's a rift and you're miffed, then you go and you sift and you talk. That's what you do. And uh, other than that, keep your heart clean. And you know, many times I have to go because sometimes I misconstrue things, misunderstand things. And then some things according to how you're raised. You'll take things and put a wrong slant. Uh, when I was young, listen, when I was young, the way I was raised, I felt bad about me, so I put a negative slant on everybody. That was my mental habit. I have a mental habit of, of, of dressing people down, making them uh, less than what they really are because I didn't feel worthy to be around anybody because of my situation. And God, through the years, had to deal with me and show me that, you know what? I love everybody just the way they are, warts and all. Warts, wrinkles, fat, scars. I love them all. I love every bit of them. And I want you to as well. Is that good? 
So you know what that causes you to do? Every time you have a, a thought or a feeling, when you see someone or they come to your mind and it's a little bit off, you've got to talk to the Lord about it. How many hear what I'm saying? Question, are you doing that? Or you, do you hold on to things? I know some people hold on to things till the very last second. Well, I know I got to forgive, doggone it. It's almost as though they say, I got to let, well, I, doggone it, I'll just let it go. Well, why don't you do that to start with? A lot of this has to do with how, how you've trained yourself before you knew the Lord. Some families train themselves to hold on to every single offense till the very last minute and then hold it over the person's head, right? Other families, they just seem to let things go. You know what? The person you need to forgive the most is yourself. I had to forgive me for all the things I did and said or, or didn't do. A lot, of, a lot of times you get all messed up over the things you know you want to do that you don't do. Is that true? So you got to keep a, a, a fresh heart connection. I've got it in the notes here. Open-ended relationships that leave emotional weights and wounds may hinder the free exercise of a confident faith in Jesus. So make sure any open-ended relationships, if they're that way and the person knows it is, uh, have a meeting with them. Say, can we talk? I need to deal with me. And you can't force another person to forgive you, but you can forgive them. I'm not responsible for what another person thinks or feels about me, but I'm always responsible as to how I respond to them. Is that right? My responsibility is to deal with me, and I can't force anybody to like me, dislike me, treat me nice, treat me good, bad. That's them. I've got to be careful with me. I'm the only one in my circle. Remember Chip Judd years ago used to brought a hula hoop up here. If y'all don't know who that is, that's one of my friends. He brought bring a he'd bring a hula hoop up front, put it around himself, and say, I'm responsible for everything in the hula hoop. And if you're not in the hula hoop, I'm not responsible for you. But you're responsible for you. Does that make sense? So all this has to do with faith. A lot of people struggle with faith because they struggle with themselves. They're upset with themselves or they're upset with others. And see, to have a pliable heart is necessary to exercise faith. Does that make sense? So that's the reason, you know, when you go to pray, you know, take some time. I pray, me, when I'm praying, I pray in the Spirit. God, is there anything I need to deal with? Talk to me about it. Any person that I'm awry with or uh, person, I, any person I've had an attitude towards, any person who said something to me and I've taken it the wrong way, or any, any person I've said something and I shouldn't have, then I've, I've got to go make it right, right? So I talk to him about it, repent, and then if I need to go talk to somebody, I do. So keep, open, keep, keep free relationships in your life. Uh, the lastly, uh, on this subject of the right heart, see, faith is a heart issue. Unrepentant sin will harden your heart. And cause faith to be very, very challenging. Because you know full well you're involved in something God doesn't like. Unrepentant sin doesn't mean, see what does that not mean? Unrepentant sin doesn't mean that you have a habit that you fall into a trap with with your flesh or with your mind or with your emotions. Unrepentant sin means there's something in your life that you do, you like it that way, you're going to keep doing that and you don't care if God likes it or not. That is unrepentant sin. You get it? So that's different than God. You know, I've got this weakness of my flesh. I do this with my mind. I do this with my body. I do this with my emotions. And you know what? I don't need to do that. And I'm wrong. It, it, but you know what? It seems like it's a weakness in the character. I'm asking you to help me. Remove that from me. Help me get rid of that. That's a whole lot different than unrepentance. Is that true? See, that's a repentant heart. So you, you just lay it all out on the table. And be honest with God about yourself. See, when you do that, it creates an environment on the inside that God can work with. So you don't have to be perfect for God to hear and respond to your faith. You just have to have a heart that is pliable and soft. Is that good? And then out of a pliable, soft heart, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying about your business? What are you saying about your finances? What are you saying about your body, your health? 
What are you saying about your marriage? What are you saying about your mind, your emotions, your relationships? What are you saying about your children, your grandchildren, your friends? What are you saying about your future? What are you saying? See, your, your faith is all wrapped up in your words, right? So if you're not saying anything, then you know what? You're not believing anything. And if you're not believing anything, you're probably living, Kesara, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. No, don't live that way. Walk by faith and expect God's best. Yes or no? So my perceptions tell me there's a person in a very deep hole here. It's a mental, emotional hole. You can dig yourself out of that hole with your words. Start saying, I'm loved. Start saying, I'm accepted by God. Ephesians 1.3 says that. Start saying, God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Start saying, I have good relationships with people. Start saying what it seems like you don't have. And you know what? You start digging yourself out of the hole you've created. And little bit by little bit, little bit by little bit, you'll wake up one day and you'll have what you say. Is that good? Is that okay? I'm going to stop with that one. I, got, I want to get to the next one. It's just, I'm itching to so bad, but the clock is telling me I need, we need to go home. So close your eyes a minute. Come on, y'all. Did y'all get something out of this? Yeah. Come on, just lift your hands and worship the Lord a minute. Father, bless you. Now, now while you're there, is there anything you need to deal with in your life? See, is there anything you need to talk to the Lord about? Anything you're upset about? Anything you're worried about? See, that's the issue, isn't it? What are you worried about? What bothers you? See, you get in the realm of the spirit, you pick, see somebody, you're upset with your husband. I, I don't know what it is. I just know there's a lady here. You're at odds with him. There's another person with your job. You are aggravated with what they're doing. See, you take that to the Lord and ask him to help you to work it out. See? Lord, we just worship you and bless you. Bless you. More than three are upset with yourself because in your mind you're not good enough. Well, you know, forget it. You'll never be good enough. Only Jesus is good enough. Father God, all of us in this room are deeply, deeply loved by you. None of us do it all right. Sometimes we get it really wrong. But it's our heart attitude you're looking for. Hallelujah. Glory to God. While we're just here, and I appreciate you playing that in the background. That's a good thing. What are you worried about? Talk to the Lord right now about what concerns you. What is it? I have these spiritual perceptions that come. Those things that bring worry thoughts to you. Those are the things you say, God, help me with that. Just work it out. And ask him to in Jesus' name. Yeah. And he will. It's amazing. <laughs> See, talk to him right now. Thank you, Lord. Others, you've got to deal with relationships with others. It's hardening your heart. It's keeping it from being soft and pliable. You know. And you know, I got to say this while you're talking to the Lord, but some of you need to hear this while others are praying. I'm not responsible for another person liking me or disliking me. And I can't change a relationship that another person doesn't want to be changed. But I am responsible to love and forgive a person. That doesn't mean that the relationships reconcile. They may not be willing. But you've got to deal, do your part. Sometimes you do your part and you just got to leave it alone. And that's what you leave in God's hands. Somebody's really dealing with some of this relationship stuff tonight. See, it hardens the heart in ways that we have a hard time exercising faith. So, Lord, thank you for helping all of us to deal with this. Thank you for helping us all to deal with our past. 
Help us to see that you've cast our sins into the depths of the sea, Mark, Micah 7, 19. Psalm 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, you've removed our transgressions from us. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Ask, just ask God for his help. Maybe you feel all tangled up. See, here's a person. You feel tangled up in so many areas. You don't know where to start. Well, just start. Just say, God, just help me. <laughs> he will. Lord, that person that feels all tangled up. I see a ball of yarn and it's all tangled up. Help them to untangle. Help them to start with one thing. Go from there. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. I, I want to do this as we close. If you're here, and maybe you just need your fellowship with God restored. Can we all just pray out loud? I don't need a show of hands, but I just have an inward perception. Maybe you want to know things are right with God. Now, pray with me. If we confess our sins, I say it all the time. He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. Everybody pray out loud. Heavenly Father, I'm done with living life my way and doing what I do knowing that you don't like it forgive me for my sin right now I give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ in a fresh way Jesus take me right now just the way I am and change me give me new interests and new desires forgive every wrong thought every word I've said that should not have been spoken and everything I've done that should not have been done. Forgive me, sir. Beginning now, I start with a fresh, clean slate, clean before you. Help me walk with you beginning today for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name.